0: I have a lot of history here. That makes us both hard and easy, all at the same time. Uh, some of you, I can share some things, and you will relate immediately. Some of you won't have a clue. But when Annie and I moved from Michigan to Wichita, we came with a full assurance, one of the few times in my life that I knew that we were doing, that we were going where God wanted us to be. And he made us part of this family. And while there are many of you sitting here this morning that say, huh, what is he talking about? You are the ones that are adopted into the family. But I'm leaving. But in the process, there's history because... There are expectations. You had some expectations when you got out of bed this morning. I don't know what all of those expectations were. Uh, Some of you took showers, and that was good. We're all thankful for that. (laughs) All of you put on your clothes. We're thankful for that. You made it here. I'm thankful for that. Between there and here, you may have had some discussions that you hadn't planned on and your expectations were different than what you had anticipated. When I moved here, I wanted to reach people for Jesus. I wanted us to become a church that was healthy, that loved one another, that desired to reach out, that made an impact, that brought life change to the community. Part of that process, and I'm going to make a couple people uncomfortable right now. Because Delane, I want you to come up here. AJ, I want you to come up here. Come on. These are part of the history, whether you realize it or not. These are two different aspects of of some history here. Delane, I'm going to have you come up here. AJ, you stay down there on the floor. Delane is somebody that has cut my hair for (laughs) forever. Now, not forever, because part of the outreach was we had somebody named Nicole that came and visited the church once. I went and visited her at home, and she made this her home. When she moved away, uh, she was the one that cut my hair. I left that important part out. See, I used to go, when we were on Mays Road, I went next door to the beauty salon. I know what they're called, but really professional kind of people and everything. And I was trying to build contacts. And I got tired of going there and decided I was going to go high class. I went down to (laughs) JCPenney. And Delane was cutting, not Delane. Well, Delane was cutting here, but Nicole was cutting here. Nicole started to cut my hair. She became a part of this body. Nicole moved away, eventually, uh, what, out in Cheney? And she passed me on to Delane. So Delane has been cutting my hair for, don't, don't tell anybody, for a long time. I've been talking to her about the church. We have conversations about Jesus through the years. And I check up on her, and she asked me to officiate her wedding to, uh, to Troy. And so I've been part of this family. Within the church, we had families that, that came. And eight years ago, this guy was actually... I was kind of shorter than me, but maybe we were about equal. but I don't know. <laughs> That's not true anymore. But, but I told AJ before he came in today... That, that I count A.J. as one of my heroes because I, I've watched him. And I haven't seen you as much in the last eight years, but I have watched him grow. I've watched the desire of his heart. I've seen the young man that he's become. Um, I've seen him within the body of Jesus Christ in the shaping, and the molding. And this this guy has a tender heart. He's soft and gentle until you put a helmet on him. <laughs> and then he's fierce. And nobody better come against him. And whoever he's facing next year in college, they don't have a clue of what's coming. Thank you. Thanks. I could do something similar with most of you here this morning because of the impact that you've made within my life, because of who Jesus is, and because as you have made those decisions to follow, or you're in the process of making those decisions to follow, to become who God would have you to be. This isn't the sermon, but maybe that's where we'll go. Who God want you to be? See, we all make plans. Well, I hope we all make plans. Uh, I grew up as one of those people that maybe didn't always make plans, but could handle things as they came, and sometimes I did better than others. Uh, Proverbs 16.9, that's what I was just looking at, says, this is my paraphrase. Man makes his plans, God determines his steps. That's an underlying theme to everything that, that I really want to say to you this morning. We make our plans. It's not wrong to make plans. Scripture doesn't say don't make plans. But it says we need to understand that we make our plans because we have to kind of look forward. We have to develop the expectations that we're going to have. But realize that in the midst of our plans, God determines our steps. Now, there are times in our plans... A couple of weeks ago, I was out at Estes Park attending the Wesleyan Holiness Women's Clergy Conference. Yes, I attended the Women's Clergy Conference. Um, on the way home, I'm driving we're, I'm just outside of uh, Denver, out towards Byers, just past Byers, Colorado, driving down the road, and I see the most unusual thing I've seen on the highway, maybe for my entire life. I see a car cutting across both lanes, going down a ditch, over a berm, down a ditch, over another road, and down a ditch. And I'm thinking, you know, your brain takes a little bit to take that in. And say, oh my. <laughs> I pulled over. Nobody else pulls over. I'm thinking, got to check on this guy. I get over to the car by the time I get to the car first of all he didn't do what normally would happen with cars like that but I get over to the car and there's this guy pushing pushing the uh, airbag away from his face doors open and he's getting and he's just kind of got that look on his face like what happened and I'm I'm trying to talk to him keep him from going into shock or anything from everything that, that just happened Finally, a nurse did stop. She checked him out and said, if you're staying, I've got to take my mother to a doctor's appointment. Are you staying? I said, I'm staying. So we're we're talking. I find out he's a football player at Bethany College. He's just finished spring break. He's on the way home. Well, he's not on the way home. He's back to college. Well, that's kind of home. But he's headed back to college. Uh, I believe he plays center at Bethany College. And we're talking, and he's he's saying to me, um, he's going, he's planning to leave Bethany. He's going back to Wyoming, and he's going to be a walk-on at the University of Wyoming. He'll play on their practice squad next year. Now, in all honesty, I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at this guy, and I look at A.J., because A.J. plays that kind of position. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking... Oh, kid, you don't have a chance. (laughs) Now, he's played for the 5A champion in Gillette, Wyoming. He knows how to play football. But I'm thinking, you don't have the size, and I don't know that you have a clue about the speed that you're going to be facing at that level of football. But so what? We make our plans. God determines our steps. I wasn't planning on this guy cutting across in front of me. I wasn't planning on stopping and picking him up. I had no clue that he he was living 20 miles away from where I lived. So, we unloaded his car and loaded my car. The uh, trooper got done with him. I brought him to Lensburg. Why? I don't know. Why did that happen? We each have hopes. And when we have hope, we have expectation. Faith is the certainty of what you don't see. Hope is the hoping for what you don't see with an expectation of good things. You don't hope for bad things. At least most people don't hope for bad things. When you're hoping, you're hoping tomorrow morning is going to be a new day. Praise the Lord. You're hoping you have enough Money to pay your bills. You're hoping whatever it is, you hope for good things, good expectations. Before Annie and I made the move here, go ahead and put up whatever I told you guys to try to put up. I don't even remember what I told you. Yeah, there we go. I should tell you, those are the points. So as I talk, those are really what I'm trying to say, okay? <laughs> because when we make our plans, there are times when God changes those things. That's He determines our steps. I probably have shared, and I'm, it fits in, so I'll share it again, is that when we lived in Michigan, I was not, we were not looking to make a move. Um a superintendent approached me and asked us to consider a a church somewhere nearby Jackson, Michigan, so we decided we would go and look. Our plans were then to go take this church, leave the staff I was on, go pastor this this other church. Aaron could stay and finish his senior year at uh, Western High School We checked it out. We liked what we saw or thought we liked what we saw. Came back, called the superintendent, said, hey, that's okay. Yes, we'll we'll, we'll try that. And the superintendent said, "Um, uh, you know, as soon as somebody says something like that, your plans have just changed. He said, Chuck, before I offered that church to you, and talk to you about that. I had already offered it to somebody else, and they haven't gotten back to me yet. So I can't say yes until I hear back from them. And I thought, why'd you tell me? Shortly thereafter, I, you, know, you know how as you get old, some of you know, that as you get older, time it just kind of goes like this. So... Maybe within the next week, it was probably next month, but within a short period of time, we got a phone call from the superintendent of the Great Plains Conference saying, I have a church in Wichita that needs a pastor. Your brother-in-law suggested I should call you. Now, the brother-in-law is Brock Hoyer. Brock Hoyer is the one that planted this church originally. So the superintendent asked if we were interested. Uh, Having just been disappointed, we were interested. Well, that's kind of like trying to get our attention. Because as I look back at it, I thought we were so entrenched where we were. We were so comfortable where we were that if the Lord hadn't brought the opportunity where the door was closed, it's very likely we wouldn't have had an openness at all to coming to Wichita. But because He got our attention we were then able to see he had a different plan for us. His plan wasn't for us to go to that nearby community. His plan for us was to come to Wichita. We couldn't see that. I'm finishing my eighth year as superintendent of the Great Plains Conference of the Free Methodist Church. When Two things. When I first got elected, Kay Klein and I had some conversation. I don't remember what she asked me, but I said, Kay, and I saw my note just the other day of something I told Kay. The Lord told me that He would tell me what to do when I don't know what to do. He will tell me what to do. I also sensed at that time that I had served two terms, that eight years was plenty. And if I couldn't get things in the right direction in eight years, then next up. However, after serving for seven years, and a couple of pastors saying, well, you're going to stay for another term, aren't you? I started thinking, well, maybe. You know what? That would really work out for retirement, because I could serve four more years, retire, and whatever. Whatever. but he had to get my attention. And through a series of circumstances, some things that that happened. First of all, I have to tell you that um, when I pastored this church, I was all here. Every part of me. Heart, mind, soul, and body. This, this This is my body. This is my family. This is... We are community. And when we left... I lost community. And that hurt. Well, when I became superintendent, it was me. I'm all there. But I'm sitting at my computer talking to the Lord, and He's given me some verses. And some folks said, Well, Chuck, what are you going to do? I said, Well, you know, the Lord's telling me something, but I don't have the context for that. He's given me some verses. But I don't have the context of understanding that just yet. Well, what I discovered is emotionally, I'm superintendent and I don't want to leave. Intellectually, I came to the point of understanding it's time to go. I hope you don't ever have to wrestle like that, (laughs) where your emotion is saying, it's yours. But your intellect is saying, let go. It's time. So I shot off an email to the bishop saying, you know, the search team, it's the MEG board, the MEG board doesn't have to agonize over whether, um, where the conference needs to go and whether I can do that or not. They They don't need to agonize over that. I'm no longer a candidate for a third term. Do not consider me as a candidate for a third term. And as soon as I did that, the scripture he gave me made sense. What he had given me was, uh, were several verses from Psalm 118. I want to read, well, verse 9. And let, let's see how sharp you are. There, there's something here in the first four verses that you should pick up. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, What do you think he was trying to tell me? His love endures forever. That's a message for you. Wherever you are this morning, no matter what is happening in your life, understand His love endures forever. There's nothing you can do to mess that love up because it's His love. He's chosen to love you. His love endures. Ouch. Endures forever. Then it goes on. And this is where it had another application for me. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and that's where I was. I was in anguish, and I was crying to the Lord, and He answered me by setting me free. You mean you didn't want to be superintendent? Mm -hmm. Do you know what a sense of relief it was to suddenly realize that God was telling me my responsibility? to being obedient to him in this particular time and area of my life was concluded, I was set free. Praise Jesus. Pray for Superintendent Bruce. (laughs) The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. I didn't have another job at that point. No prospects. I'm sitting there just knowing God loves me. He has my back. That's what I'm getting from these verses. He has my back. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Well, you know man can do an awful lot. But put it in perspective of what God is saying. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in politicians. Okay, now you have to understand, I just paraphrased that last word. <laughs> the scripture says, than to trust in princes. But princes would be like politicians. Politics, that's not where the answer to our issues in our society is. But what I took away from this is, one, God loves me, two, God has my back. He's trying to get my attention. He got it. He has a different plan. You got me. He wants me to trust him. He wants you to trust him. Do you? Do you trust him? You could say it, but do you trust him? In here? Up here? Here? Do you trust him? He's calling all of us to obedience. To listening to that small, gentle, quiet voice of His Spirit. To go where He wants us to go. To do what He wants us to do. Because our lives no longer belong to us. Our lives belong to Him. And He has a plan. probably should have started with this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now there are several good verses that follow that. That's Jeremiah 29 verse 11. You need to read that section. In the context, I'm going to take one of those little side trips. But in context... When, when the Lord is talking to the prophet Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. You have to understand that God has just brought judgment upon Israel. He's brought in another nation to take many of them away. So captives are up in Babylon. The people back home The priests, the leadership who have been left behind are saying, Oh, God, bring them back. And he's telling the people out there, God's going to bring you back. God doesn't want you out there. This isn't what God wants. The temple is here. He wants you back here. God is saying, I have a plan for you, a future, and a hope. Stay where you're at. You're going to be there for 70 years. Get married. Have families. Build homes. Then I will bring you back. His plans are not always our plans. Can you trust Him? Will you trust Him? See, that impacts our daily life. He wants you to have a plan. He wants you to act on that plan. As long as we understand that He may interrupt those plans. And He does it in different ways. He brought us to Wichita. He's taking us. He's taking us to Florida. Some of you say, that's great. When I got the call from the superintendent, Darrell Riley, I said, Daryl, Annie and I have grown up in the middle of the United States. She's born in North Dakota. I was born in South Dakota. Florida? <laughs> He said, we have air conditioning down here. <laughs> I said, but that's a retirement community, Light and Life Park. I don't know that I want to be part of hospice care. And as soon as I said that, I thought, you stupid. Not because of how he would take it, but my mind immediately said, these are retirees that travel from Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and they go south every winter. These are people who are used to being active. And a lot of them are former pastors. Now that intimidates me. (laughs) But I began to realize, there's a great potential to do something that's not been done yet. That if I, excuse me, if the Lord... If I can stay surrendered to him in such a way that he can use me to work through me to help a retirement community get outside of the park, we can make an impact in Lakeland. We can, we can see the lost, know Jesus. Now I have, I have to tell you, Light and Life Park is not Warm Beach Manor which is the retirement center up on the northwest coast out towards the Seattle area. Light Life Park is trailer houses, double wides, uh, some concrete brick houses, uh, some villas, uh, some motel type stuff. They have deliberately kept prices as low as they can, so people actually can retire there. Primarily they were looking at, at pastors, because pastors, for our denomination, tend not to be very well paid. So they try to make it an affordable place to be. But when you come in, there's two trailer parks before you get to that trailer park. And they're drug infested, torn up, not healthy places to be. And some folks talked about when Annie and I went down in January, they should have pulled into that trailer park first to show us our new home. Thankfully, they didn't. But it was dark. But I did find out that they are beginning to reach the trailer park. That they have people. And two weeks ago, when I was down there for their annual conference, there was a young lady sitting in a back row next to an elderly lady who had been going into the park taking cookies. And this young lady, uh, I could see the tattoo on her back shoulder, says, White Trash. And I'm thinking, what a difference Jesus can make in life. And what a hope we bring because of who Jesus is. And who knows what God has yet to do within us and through us to reach our community. That applies to you right here and wherever you live. Scott and Carrie, Joe, even to the new place you're going to move. What does Jesus want you to do? Be aware that sometimes He wants to interrupt your plans. He wants to mess up your plans. Because He's got a better plan. Because your life belongs to Him if you've surrendered, if you've let go. Will you join me in letting go? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You in the strong name of Jesus for this time, this day before You Father, I ask you as I've asked you in the past that you take the foolishness of preaching to work according to your purposes within our hearts, within our minds, within our understanding that we can be, that we will be your people doing those things that you want us to do. That we can bring honor and glory to you because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.